Well, a very warm welcome uh, to St. Martin the Fields and welcome to great sacred music. I reckon we've had about 300 great sacred musics in the building and also maybe 100 online due to the circumstances of the last couple of years. But it sure is good to be back in the building and to see some very familiar faces and some new ones. Our theme is New Beginnings today. I think uh, I, I did a bit of research into advertising slogans not long ago and found, found that the two most significant words in advertising were new and again. And I think that sums up today. New and again. So we're big with the advertisers anyway. John Keeble's Christian Year has been described as the most popular book of religious poems ever published. He offered a poem for every Sunday of the year following the Book of Common Prayer. On the title page he wrote the words, In quietness and confidence shall be your strength, from Isaiah. The book focuses on humility and acceptance of one's lot. So it's not exactly liberation theology, but it's extraordinarily popular, certainly in Victorian England. New Every Morning, which we're about to sing together in a few moments' time, is the very first poem in the book, inspired by Lamentations 3.22. Lamentations, as you know, is a completely miserable book, but there are just two verses that are, uh, are inspired inspiring um, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is his faithfulness um, the, the, the words in Lamentations came before the famous hymn although you might be surprised to know that um, and new every morning comes from that context in Lamentations the tune uh, is called Malcolm George III was a big fan of that suburb of Weymouth in Dorset. And that's how the, 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 the um, I guess that's the main claim to fame of Malcolm, is that George III was a big, big fan. So it's our tradition in the building at uh, Great Sacred Music. We're also delighted to welcome uh, our friends online. It's our tradition in the building is that we sing a hymn at the beginning and the end of Great Sacred Music. Uh, so this is the beginning. So we remain seated. The voices stand to lead us. On the inside of your sheets, you can find the words for new every morning, which we'll now sing together.
We're now going to hear a contemporary piece, a contemporary words and contemporary music uh, by Annalise Roy. Annalise Roy's biggest claim to fame is that her husband used to sing in the choir at St. Martin the Fields. She has other accomplishments, but that is the chief one. It's a, a fascinating piece because it's so intimate and yet it intersperses uh, intimate devotional phrases with familiar verses from the Psalms. So from the Psalms we have the Lord is faithful in all his works and, uh, and holy in all his words. And then we follow that with come in body, come in mind, come in touch of thrilling kind. I guess that the, the point here is that there's always that, been that fear since Saint Sigmund Freud uh, that religious devotion is a sublimated form of sexual desire. What, what, what a piece like this is doing is turning that round and saying sexual desire is actually a sublimated form of desire for God. It's, it's turning that fear round and that cynicism round into joy and celebration. Um, so it's a, it's a powerful piece and it's uh, a provocative piece in the ways that I've just described. Uh, and it has a connection to St. Martin the Fields. It doesn't get any better than that. Come ye.
Now we've got two contrasting um, contemporary pieces, both of which I guess are in the same spirit as the piece we've just heard. Uh, this Day by Bob Chilcott probably wins the prize for most hummable singing as you go out of the church and, for, and keep singing as you're having supper tonight prize. Uh, it comes from a Hebrew text. The unison section explores three dimensions of God's favor in the call on God to strengthen, bless, and lift those who offer praise. Then, intriguingly, it concludes with the words, visit us for good. It's a phrase that appeals equally to Jews for whom the Messiah has not come, but the blessings the Messiah will bring are still deeply sought, and Christians for whom the Messiah has come, and the prayer is for the Holy Spirit to bring to God's people the blessings already given in Christ. And then we have uh, a piece that I think has a, a rather special significance for St. Martin's, uh, Ola Gear, who's uh, sunrise mass is a deliberately earthy as opposed to heavenly composition. It takes the conventional Latin texts of the Kyrie, Gloria, Creed, and Sanctus from, from the mass, but it places them in the context of endurance and eventual triumph over struggle. Uh, Gailho is an admirer of contemporary film music, and you can pick up the influences of th that background uh, considerably in what you're about to hear. Uh, I guess its uh, significance for St. Martin's, it, it, uh, particularly for me, I, I suppose, and perhaps for Andrew, is that Andrew chose this Mass for the, our last Ascension Day Eucharist here last May, and because uh, of the COVID regulations at the time, we weren't able to have a congregation, but of course we had one or two million on Radio 4, but who cares about them? It felt like uh, this whole orchestra was just playing for me, because I was like the only person who wasn't a musician in the whole building for that mass. And it's about resurrection, and, and it's, it, it's, but it's a very earthy form of resurrection which connects it very much resurrection and sunrise, and you can see the metaphorical connection of those two. And singing it in... in um, in May last year, it felt like that was just the beginning of when St. Martin's and the whole world was just beginning to see we might be getting somewhere towards the end. We didn't know the word Omicron at that stage, but we might just pulling ourselves out of this very difficult period. So I think I'll always associate this music with that sense of resurrection after the, the grief of the pandemic. It's music that inspires us to begin again.
Well, it's time for us all to sing again. Uh, we're going to sing by gracious powers. <clears throat> uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, as many of you will know, uh, was arrested in April 1943 and uh, sent to Tegel prison in Berlin and then later to Finkenwald, where he was executed on the 9th of April 1945. Um, he certainly had the secret of being remembered as one, a great theologian, and the secret is to die young and in tragic circumstances. Um, he certainly has been a hugely influential theologian in the second half of the 20th century and will continue to be so. He wrote a number of poems and letters while he was in prison, and his biographer, Eberhard Betger, translated them. And uh, those poems were then translated into English in, I think, 1953 uh, as letters and papers from prison. And um, one of them has been turned into a hymn for congregational singing uh, by Gracious Powers, which expresses trust in God through bad times and good, uh, has a deep awareness of temptation and hope for the future. This is, in fact, the last poem he sent to his mother on the 28th of December, 1944, the last poem he wrote before he died. Um, it was adapted as a hymn by Fred Pratt-Green. And the great thing about Fred Pratt-Green is he's an inspiration to all, of, all those of us of more generous years because he was a Methodist minister until he retired in 1965 and then as a retirement project uh, took up hymn writing and ended up becoming, having started at 1965, the most prolific uh, English hymn writer of the 20th century. So... Not that I'm saying anything about who's with us today, but there's hope for us all. Okay, we're going to remain seated, and the voices will stand and lead us as we sing by gracious powers.
Well, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music for this new week. Um, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. If you have, there are a myriad of ways to make a donation to uh, our work and uh, the future of particularly Great Sacred Music. Um, they, you can find them if you're in the building on the back of the sheets. We, uh, and if you're online, you, can, you could, should find them pretty close to wherever you found us online. Um, we have extraordinary things like texting donations. We have visiting the website to give half your worldly wealth. We have uh, machines that take your card and can <clears throat> deduct whatever sum from your bank account you want them to. And we have something that we used to have we all used to use before the pandemic, which we used to call cash. And we, we can receive that uh, in a basket as you leave too, if that's your preferred method. All very gratefully received. You'll see on the sheets, um, if you look on the back, we've got some upcoming themes. I know you'd come anyway, but just so that you know what's coming, we've got some upcoming themes there. And do also look out for Choral Classics if you're in town on a Sunday afternoon uh, Choral Classics, which is similar to Great Sacred Music, is uh, available at 3.15. Uh, and also, if you've enjoyed hearing the voices, then you can hear them tomorrow night in concert here at St. Martin the Fields at 7.30. Do pick up some tickets. If you're in the building, do pick up some tickets from the box office. If you're online, look online to, to, um, to get some tickets online too. So we're going to finish with I Got a Crown. William Dawson was born in Anniston, Alabama in 1899. In 1912, he ran away from home to study music full-time as a pre-college student at the Tuskegee Institute, now university, under the great African-American intellectual Booker T. Washington. Dawson paid his tuition by being a music librarian and manual laborer working in the schools agricultural division. He also participated as a member of Tuskegee's choir, band and orchestra, composing and traveling extensively with the Tuskegee singers for five years. He had learned to play most of the instruments by the time he completed his studies in 1921. Later he developed the Tuskegee Institute Choir into an internationally renowned ensemble. His best known compositions are arrangements of and variations on spirituals. His Negro Folk Symphony of 1934 garnered a great deal of attention, and he revised it in 1952 with added African rhythms inspired by a trip to West Africa. He saw it as an attempt to convey the missing elements that had been lost when Africans came into bondage outside their homeland. If you recognize what you're about to hear, it may be because um, his setting of Enoch, that good news was later adapted for a 1964 pop song by Sam Cooke. But remember, you heard it first here with the voices. <laughs> <laughs> 